uh, rejected by all the surgeons across the U.S. for transplantation. And apparently three out of four are just not suitable. They're too, dis they're too um, damaged to transplant. Yeah, yeah. So they took one of these lungs, <clears throat> and within three and a half days with their technologies, uh, the regenerative technologies regenerated the lung tissue uh, healthy enough to be transplanted into a human being. Wow. And wow. that just blew my mind. And then I saw, you can see it on xylexbio.com, their work. And then they did it with the liver, and there's been work, too, with the heart. Um, it's it, The field of regenerative medicine, I guess, is very much expanding yeah, um, so I, I think I just got a, um, a, a sort of the initial view into that world. And their two, their lab is two floors of the SUNY Downstate Medical Center in, in Brooklyn. And so it's the first time I've actually been to an R&D facility in so long, um, you know, back to Pfizer in the early 90s that I that I'd seen sort of what like a, a working R&D uh, in, in medicine lab does. Right. And I was right. just fascinated. So at 55 years old, the last thing I wanted to do is start a skincare line. Yeah. <laughs> Take on the headache. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I've been consulting to brands for 20-something years, and I see the struggle, even the ones that are uh, at successes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the struggle that they've had to do, you know, sort of have for 10 to 15 years and I had no desire for that. I just wanted to consult, collect my retainer, collect my commissions, go home and hopefully, you know, retire eventually. Um, yeah. But when I saw this, I was like, wow. And then I've always had my own formulas that I've done at home because being a VA chemist, what that means is value analysis chemist means you sometimes when you have a product from a company that you've just bought. Um, the goal is to reduce the cost of goods so you can make more margin, right? Yeah, yeah. And my job was to make it so that um, we could just have sort of marketing levels of certain ingredients so that they could, of course, appear on the ingredient list um, and and also make it so that the emulsions, et cetera, were, were equal in terms of texture and finish so the end consumer doesn't really know the difference, yet there would obviously be more profit made, Right. Right. And that's a, you know, it's a very important part of corporate, right? I mean, that's how people get paid. That's how people get bonuses. That's how people send their kids to college. But it is a function of corporate. But do you think I used it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. and <laughs> I know I'm going to say this is off the record, but it's really not. But l let's just say, I guess 30 years later, they're not going to um, scold me. But, you know, I'd make up little batches of my own. Right. right. And, so, <laughs> and a, a lot of chemists in the lab, you know, they, it's a job, right? Nine to five. They do it well. They're excellent at it, but they want to go home at the end and have their lives and tend to their gardens. Like skincare isn't the biggest deal for them in the world, right? It's for yeah. some of this. And I was one of those chemists who it is. So uh, it mattered to me, right? right. So right. I had these emulsions that I always knew I wanted functional levels in, not marketing levels. And I just yeah. thought I would die with them, using them. I've used them for 30 years. People often ask me my advice, what I use, and I tell them it's complicated and you know, go for mostly drug because at least there's not much harm in some of the drug mass brands. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but in this, this opportunity came about and I was like, well, 
the only way I'm going to get these um, peptides from Xylex is if somebody brings it to market. And mm. I'd really like them in my formulas for myself. Right. So I put up my house. <laughs> oh, my wow. Only asset because I do not come from money. Um, so my friends know that if this doesn't work out, like I'm going to be living in their garages or whatever. Um, and, and I got an SBA loan, small business administration, seven, a loan. Um, and, uh, and I just told Xylex that I'd like to start it. And of course, at first they were like, well, who are you, you know, who are you, you're, you're a consultant, right? Like, right. Why would we, you know, we're a big, we're a biotech company. What do we you know, why would we choose you? And a much nicer way of saying that. And I said, you know, the reason why I should be an investor and not just a consultant is because, number one, um, you know, the, in, the sort of experience in the industry, but even more importantly, I tested the actual technology. So about... Um, as I was starting to work with them, I'd ask them for a 0.2 solution of the matrikines peptide. And what that is, is the regenerative peptides that are extracted or hydrolyzed enzymatically from upcycled cow bone from the food industry. So they're currently using it, these, these uh, peptides from the extra, actual extracellular matrix to, say, create lung sealants for, to, um, to help heal uh, different organ tissue and regenerate organ tissue, and the skin is just an, another version of it. And the, apparently the bone is one of the most regenerative uh, organs of the body. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how fast it, it regenerates. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yes. I, I actually, a lot of it I didn't know, right? It's I'm learning. And so I asked them for a 0.2 solution of the major kinds of peptides. I didn't tell them why. Because if it didn't work, I didn't want them to know because I didn't want to lose them as a potential client. Yeah, <laughs> so course. I just said, yeah, I just wanted to see it. And then what happened was, is for three years before that, I'd had seven very serious gastrointestinal surgeries where I like sort of almost lost my life kind of thing. Yeah. And um, luckily it all worked out. But after several colostomies and ostomies, like my, my abdomen was like, uh, you know, Frankenstein. So I'd gone to Dr. Hidalgo, a very famous um, and really nice and artistic, amazing uh, plastic surgeon on Park Avenue, the, the best. And they said, look, can you do something about all these scars on my abdomen? Because <clears throat> the gastrointestinal surgeons, um, they don't care about how these look. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I asked them if I could bring in a plastic surgeon to do the scars nicely. They said, look, we're saving your life, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like and a regenerative me into being quiet um so i went dr hidalgo did an awesome job he basically took all the scars on my abdomen pulled them down the, the middle one down the center you know there's nothing you can do but yeah. he brought them all down below my swimsuit line basically and and um i am half japanese half puerto rican and so i keloid and my scars are purple and yeah. it's just something I've accepted. So I took the 1.2 solution and I just applied it to the one side only. Yeah. And I thought, you know, let's just see, because in theory, in theory, this all sounds good. And maybe in regenerative medicine, there's applications, but really, can you just like put the stuff on and yeah. <laughs> do something? 
And so I started to do it. And like four weeks later, I'm just like, oh my God, like, it feels like it looks like the skin is growing together. Yeah, and then I looked yeah. at the other side and it's just my normal massive dark purple keloid. And yeah. I'm like, that's weird. And so then I wait a couple more weeks later and I ask my partner, I'm like, do you see a difference? And he's like, yes, I see a difference. And he's, he doesn't even like skincare. I can barely get him to use skincare. So for him to even notice is like a miracle. Um, yeah. I knew I wasn't dreaming. So then I waited a bit longer and then I called a meeting to the Xylex board, which is a, you know, a biotech board. So I, I won't say they're not fun. They're very serious. Um, a lot of older gentlemen, right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <clears throat> very accomplished. And so I got right. on the zoom because it was the end of COVID. I presented the plan. I told them what I wanted to do. And then at the end, I just said, look, and, and also unbeknownst to any of you, I've actually for the past like six weeks or so, I've been using it. I told them about the surgeries. I told them about, they didn't know anything before. And then I told them, look, if you want me to pull my pants down, I can show you yeah, on the Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say that the, the board was quite quiet at that moment. But um, Andrea Nye, who's the CEO, and she's she's brilliant, the CEO of uh, Xylex Bio. She's like, I want to see. Yeah. So I kept it G-rated, and I just pulled down, and I showed them the two sides, and they were the gasps were audible. And yeah. I just never experienced it. And they told me that, okay, yes, the peptides. Do we learn that peptides have the ability to regenerate um yes do they have the ability to sort of calm down the skin's immune system so that it can actually repair and regenerate we all kind of learn that but like secretly in the background i'm like how much does it really do but i but i but i use it faithfully because you know what even a little bit's better than nothing right yeah but you know i want uh, to just to interject alec i think this is so interesting that you had this result because one thing that no no one talks about keloid scars and i i in from my medical background, I can tell you, keloid scarring is like every surgeon's like worst nightmare. Like we hate it, you know. And the reason is because of the type of collagen. So it makes sense to me what you're saying about the bone, like because these peptides are derived from bone. Because what happens, and for everyone listening, is that there is this thing, you know, and I'm sure Alec, you know, but the different types of collagen that are present in scarring, for example, like it's usually type three collagen that then gets converted to type one. And in keloid scars, that type three doesn't get turned into type one. So a lot of times mm. you'll get that bluish discoloration. Yeah. And it's because of that excessive amount of type three collagen. But if you have a peptide uh, being synthesized from, you know, like being extracted from bone, right? I yeah. can see that actually aiding in that conversion from type three to type one. But that's what is supposed to normally happen in the body is that we go from type three to type I one. See, and so, I see. Yeah, this is very novel. This is really cool stuff. Oh. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you. I actually did not know that because yeah. I actually don't know a lot of biology, right? Cause, but it's that is very, I, lear I learned something here. And, you know, it's not that the scar disappeared. It's not, a, it's not a miracle. It's just the skin, the skin, and you can see it on the website, it, the skin has grown together and there's still a scar, but it's like, it's flat and like minimal. And, it, and, and the other side, you know, when you have the smooth skin of the scar, like that sort of yeah. glossy, dark, and then bumpy, 
Yeah, um, yeah. That's what it's like on the other side, which is completely normal. And it's also the same as down the middle of down the middle of my abdomen because I have that too. So down the middle and on the one side is still that dark purple, and the other side is just a just a much prettier like what I what I see other people's scars looking like. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's so fascinating because especially, you know, what's interesting about this is that I'm so glad that you did this and you saw that potential because I think with skincare, and I, this is my honest opinion, you know, like everyone take it with a grain of salt if you want, but with skincare, people have these exuberant claims, right? Like these crazy, like, okay, well, you're going to turn into a 20-year-old overnight, but then right, no one right. talks about wound no. healing. You know what I mean? They never talk about things that matter. And wound healing is one of the most essential, groundbreaking stuff that you could really try to incorporate when it comes to topical skincare. And the reason I say that is because we're always exposed to microtraumas, right? I mean, we're yes, on a daily basis. On a daily basis. It's like UV radiation, wind, you know, cold uh, temperatures, yes. everything. And I mean, in New York, as you know, I mean, you're oh, walking around that city. I know. You know, and your skin is just falling apart because you're 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 exposed to so much. But if you sat down and really thought about it, that wound healing application in an OTC skincare product would probably make it or break it for so many consumers out here. Like it would, you you know, it would be a game changer. You made the jump. You made the jump from the from the wound to the micro daily. Believe it or not, some people are like, well. If it does that for, you know, a wound or a scar, like what's that going to do for, what's that have to do with my skin? <laughs> yeah, that has everything to do with your skin. Like, everything right? to do with your skin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Even fascinating. Doing... That's fascinating. I mean, did you run any, did you have to run any clinical trials because yes, you were adopting yes. their technology? I'd love to learn about that. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so yes, you know, sort of barrier. Well, first of all, I will say they've gone above and beyond the typical beauty um, c- claims because, you know, to get be taken seriously by all the retailers and, and everyone, we have to do the typical um, consumer claims and clinical clinical tests. Yeah. But yeah. They all go to the same supply, same vendors. Right. And they yeah. test for the hydration and elasticity and et cetera, et cetera. Right. All those um, hyperpigmentation and we all get our before and afters. And I've always said to myself and to others, actually, like secretly, when people talk about increased hydration, you just need to pay your 10,000 bucks and you get the claim. Because as long as you have cumectants in there and some occlusives, maybe you're going to get the results to be able to. So a lot of times that barrier to entry for some of those clinicals is just the money, honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's true. No, and I know we all have to do it, and we did it, like, or they did it. You know, they spent a hundred thousand dollars, they got it all tested, it all came out fantastic. So now we have the data that way. However, what they went above and beyond to do is test only the major kinds in a bland base. So mm. no hyaluronic acid, no, um, no act, no other actives, botanicals, oils, lipids, ceramides, none of that. Just yeah. peptide. <clears throat> And they also tested that, and they got statistically significant uh, results just based on the peptide alone. Wow. And okay. that, to me, was a step beyond because most of the time when, you know, us as startups or companies, we're testing the entire formula. Yeah. 
yeah. not just testing, you know, the sort of quote unquote, a new active or active or the thing we're claiming is doing the job. Um, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a bunch of other things in there also working that way. So I was really, I mean, they're scientists at Xilex. So, yeah. so of course they're going to, you know, take out all other variables and just test the one technology by itself. Yeah. No, which they should do. I feel like everyone should do that at this point. Everyone. I mean, you yeah, know, I feel like right? as, as scientists, Alec, we sit here and we know this. Like, it's like, I feel like it's common sense. But you, I mean, I'm, I would, I'm always shocked at how many people and brands or anyone that's in this space doesn't understand that, like, to create true, like, transparency around your brand or whatever you're you know putting out there you need to show people that this 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 and this ingredient work like this you know what i mean and then here's what happens when they're combined like i don't know why no one is like on this bandwagon with us you know what i mean i think the science oh. community we're here you know, know we've been here but yeah it's it's yes. commonly a problem so Oh, completely. And, and, you know, only recently has the science community gotten a voice, right? No one yeah. used to want me. In 1992, no one wanted my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, you know? And yeah. it's nice now that, that the, 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 um, the science, um, that science now is able to have a voice and, and speak about it and sort of put the word out there. I mean, at the end of the day, I also have to just sort of take a step back and not be such a, not be so um, like picky and like, okay, a great moisturizer with some pretty claims and a great package and some fabulous advertising makes me feel good. Right. And so there's yeah. a place for all that. And I, I'm not, I'm not here to dump on anyone. Like there's like great brands that make you feel fabulous and you know, they, they hydrate and I'm sure they do some things with peptides, but for this one, I just wanted to it to be what I thought was the best. And so yeah. Yeah. When you talk about ingredients and what they actually do, so this is the this is the the other difference besides the technology that I wanted to bring out to the market, and I have yet to see it in the market. And if anyone has it, I'd love to see it because I think it should become a new standard in claims. So what I did number one was um, because I was used to sort of reformulating with marketing levels and you know marketing levels is an accepted term in our industry right yeah. Yeah. Um, versus versus functional levels and marketing levels means if something works at say two percent you put it in a 0.001 and you can still make the claim on the package right yeah. you can still yeah. say it's in the product and you can still infer that it's going to do something like reduce the look of fine lines and wrinkles but yet you've put it in at marketing levels, which, you know, in, in the industry, we call it, you know, fairy dusting, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and then we make more profit. So what I decided was for me, if I'm going to do something different, then what I want to do is put in only functional levels of these actives and botanicals mm -hmm. as well, extracts and oils. So anything you see on our ingredient lists will only ever be at functional levels, whatever they may be, because we all know that. Functional levels are different for every, almost every ingredient. But yeah. whatever is the um, concentration that the raw material suppliers' uh, clinicals were done on, that's what yeah. we use. And what the problem was is when I went to the lab, who's uh, the contract manufacturer who's making the product, they were like, well, it's been a long time since you've been in the lab, Alec, because that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, wow. I mean, okay. You, I you guess 
totally. And they said, and they said, you don't have enough room to do that. Because remember, it's like 75, 80% water, 10% emulsifier. So you just basically have 10% to put everything in. So you have to use marketing levels of a bunch of them. You can't put everything in at functional levels. Oh my God. I just said, yeah. And I said, I get it. That is a problem, though. I mean, honestly, like, here's the thing. I, where I'm standing as a consumer, like I'm with you in this so many ways, because I feel like for me personally, that's a pain point because I look at pharma, right? Big pharma. And you look at drugs that we use in our body and why we're using them. Why? Because they're functional. They do what they're supposed to do because they have a dose attached to them and they have all these things that are, we're checking the boxes. Why on earth would we not do the same for the skin? You know, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. I agree. I mean, it, and some people are like, oh, my God, Alec, that's like a revolutionary. Or that's whatever. I'm like, no, no, we're just giving the people what they thought they were getting. That's all. Yeah. yeah being honest. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, that's it. But in order to do that, I told them, yes, you can just make a 50 percent water emulsion, oil and water emulsion emulsion. And they're like, well, you can't do that because it's going to break. There's, there's no way. We've never done that before. And I'm like, try it. You can do yeah. it. And yeah. and then also I was like, reduce the emulsifier load a bit. So I don't need to have this rich, this sort of um, super rich feeling. Eventually, actually, I will, because I know some consumers just like the texture, right? Yeah. yeah. But for my first one, I'm like, I don't need to have that sort of uh, extra thickening. So I reduced that as well. And what I ended up with was instead of 10% in the traditional emulsion, uh, room for uh, actives and botanicals and everything else, I had 45% room to put all that in. So mm-hmm. everything I put in there, the gorgeous, the gorgeous superfood oils the, uh, and extracts, even, even the glycerin we used as organic. Oh, like, oh, so as well, the botanicals, extracts and oils, the other thing I've always used myself, and I have a whole I have a whole shelving system of this at home, which now I don't need anymore because now I don't blend it myself because yeah. now I can just have my product. But basically all those oils and extracts have only ever used organic just because not because it's cute, not because it's, you know, prestige or special. It's because I just don't want a residual pesticide on my skin. Yes, I and, love that. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you so, you know, about the microbiome, obviously. I knew about loosely about the microbiome, you know, decades ago, but it, the public is lear- starting to learn that there's millions of, of organisms, right, um, yeah. on your skin doing a lot of work, right? They're doing a lot of heavy lifting. And so the last thing I want to do is bombard them with pesticide residue. So yeah. even though I know the organic oils and extracts, there'll always be a little bit because of, you know, farming techniques aren't exact and this and that, but there's significantly, significantly less in, in pesticides. So this way, everything, all the oils and natural oils and extracts that go on my skin are much less reduced in pesticides and I think much better for my microbiome. That's how yeah. I feel about it. Um, so also, it doesn't the, interfere with the chemistry, I'm guessing, too, right, Alec? Like, I mean, I, I would see, I, w- I don't know anything about chemistry, so I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I'm just curious, like, do pesticides, like, actually interact, like, in a formula, like, when you're actually creating something, mm-hmm. like? That's a good, that is a good question. I yeah. have to also say, I was, I was a chemist, 
27 to 30 years ago. Yeah, so it's too, mind so to speak, but but <laughs> yeah. that is a really good question. In fact, the nice thing about working with Xylex now is yeah. that I have my own R&D. Oh, wow. Okay. That's right. definitely. Yeah. As part of the partnership, right? There's so many projects and 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 because they're so knowledgeable when it comes to the world of regenerative medicine and pure and science, um yeah their ability to create studies and to look deeper into, you know, different things like potentially this or, or, or help me get there. Um, these answer these questions. I mean, for a startup, like I, I wouldn't imagine startups have access to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Learn that question. No, but honestly though, I, I think it's just one of those hypothetical questions that we should look at as an industry, because I think it's very, very relevant that you're, choosing to, you know, use uh, ingredients that don't have this pesticide load. I mean, I think in, in the realm of toxicology, one of the biggest, um, you know, kind of pain points for a lot of people I've spoken to, some, some of my colleagues in toxicology, is that there's no regulation, you know, in the OTC community when it comes to things that aren't really the main ingredients, as we would say, but rather the residual stuff in the background. And that's, I think, where pesticides really come in for me as a consumer is this understanding of, you know, yeah, obviously we know pesticides are bad and products, we don't want that there, right? But it's also important from the standpoint of, you know, bioavailability and does it last in your bloodstream? And are we getting these things, you know, to seep into like, you know, our actual systemic circulation, that kind of stuff is always important to consider. So I like that you brought this component in with your brand, because I think at this point, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people would agree at this point in our industry and where we are, you know, and the evolution of OTC beauty products, like we need to be doing this, you know, we, do, we need to be mindful about these things and just make it a standard, you know, like the gold standard, you could say, like, don't yes. put this in there, you know what I mean? Like, keep these things in mind, be organic in this way, you know, so, yeah. Yes, yes, and the, the choice was very clear, like, to not use some organic and some not. Yeah. Because then, just because you can claim these are organic and they have an asterisk near them, but the other ones are not, is still you're still subjecting the microbiome to pesticide. So if you believe, what's even worse is if you believe in organic, right, and no pesticides. If you're on that train, then why would you even select choose to use other ones that do that are not organic? Exactly. And exactly. that's the that's the part that like um, you know sort of um, uh, confused me. But yeah, so like like for example, apple extract. I am a big proponent of an apple a day. Because yeah, of the yeah. fisetin, right? Strawberries of the fisetin, yes, but half the time they're sort of sour. So, yeah, but yeah. apples are fantastic, and I'm a big fisetin fan. And so, apple extract is a big deal for me. In in my in my uh, sometimes I even have a little extra, and I squirt it in. Uh, same with SIE, but um, squirt it into the into the base into the emulsion. But the other thought is, well, conventional apple with pesticide, right? You can, and I know there's so much debate, right, about whether pesticide is is bad for you or okay. But I personally, I just am on the side of I just don't think it's good for your good for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you can take, you can buy a conventional apple because it's cheaper, about forty percent cheaper, and you can wash it, right? You can scrub it, wash it, you know, and still enjoy it. And and I've seen studies that you know you can you can get a lot of the pesticide off. 
But when you're dealing with extracts and oils made in the cosmetic industry, I, I, I've yet, to, I've asked and I've yet to have actual proof that they wash them off before making the conventional extract or oil. Yeah. And so to my, my thought was, is I just don't want that sort of concentrated pesticide residue in, in my, in my products or on my skin. Right, right. And I think that that is like, I love that, you know, I really do consider that to be something that needs to go into, like I said, a gold standard, you know, that we're following as an industry. And I, you know, back to the actual, like, the innovation side, though, I just want to, I I really want to commend you for bringing this forward, Alec, because I think we often forget in this industry, a lot of people ask me sometimes, like, you know, Exo, why are you so invested in, you know, just skincare and beauty? And I, from a science perspective, I think one of the best feelings for me, just as a consumer and watching and having that science background is knowing that what you're bringing forward sometimes is some of the most novel technology that you'll ever get to experience. You know, as consumers, we're always, I think, behind this curtain, you know, on the other side where all of this innovation is happening in the medical and the pharmaceutical realm. But then to see it being actually applied to like OTC products, that's a different category. You know, it's a whole different mm-hmm. feeling. And I, and what you're doing is truly novel. I mean, I have worked a lot with like burn victims and burn patients. And I know the the struggle of being on mm-hmm. the side of the medical side where you don't have an answer for people, you know, and how, like just how difficult burn and wound healing is, you know, when you study it. So being able to use something that works in that environment where things are so, you know, exaggerated and such a big process to go through, your body is going through in terms of healing and then bringing that over into like the micro trauma realm where you're now able to see the same benefit on things that you might not be able to observe sometimes with the naked eye, you know? I mean, that's huge. Like that's yeah. absolutely huge. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times people will reach out to me and they ask me these things like, you know, what do you recommend for a broken skin barrier and whatever? And I'm always like kind of dumbfounded because I don't think we've really established that yet. You know, like in terms of this is what you use. This is why you use it. You know, that kind of, you know, mental sorting hasn't been done. You know, I was I was going to suggest for all the listeners out there, if you're somebody who's on something like a really aggressive like retinol regime this might be the perfect product for you to couple it with because retinol, for example, mm-hmm. I'm just going to use it as an example. It's one of those ingredients or one of those, you know, uh, actives that makes your skin truly kind of start falling apart, you know? And when I say that, it, mm-hmm. it creates leaks, right? In your skin barrier. And yeah. you have to be able to fix that as you go on this mm-hmm. journey instead of waiting you know, like, oh, yeah, my skin is now purging and it's completely, you know, freaking out. And now what do I do? Instead of saying that, you should be like, well, what's the product I can couple this with so that as I'm going on this journey, I'm taking care of things, you know, as I go along. So, yeah, I think it's brilliant what you're doing. I think it's an absolutely like necessity at this point to bring this level of technology into skincare, you know. So truly. Thank you. Thank you. And it's nice, too, because Alex has said anyone well not, i don't know about anyone but pretty much anyone who wants to go and see the work that they do at the yeah. lab is welcome and yeah. so it just you know to be able to even invite people to show what what they do and for example we had um uh, an editor come who is interested right it, it is an hour and a bit outside in brooklyn so it's not everyone wants to make the trek but a couple did and um you know they were did they also did a scratch assay 
um, where they took and, and you know I'm not a biologist, so I'm gonna I need to learn how to um, express this correctly. But they took um, uh, skin cells and two different um, uh, uh, samples and did a scratch through them, and then applied the sort of synthetic peptide um, mm-hmm. versus the sort of um, the multi-natural peptide from the bone which has been described to me by Dr. John O'Neill as um, uh, as say a single violin that happens to be also a synthesizer violin. That's sort of the current thing that we have. And, uh, and I've loved them and I've used them for 20 years in different formulas. Yeah. And then this is like the orchestra with actual instruments. Love that. I love that analogy. That's beautiful. Yes. And interestingly enough, he's admitted that they don't even know what's fully in the ECM. Yeah. They know the different components, but they don't know everything. So there is a bit of a mystery that they're still working on, but they just yeah. know that the bone ECM is able to be quite regenerative. So when they test the sort of single synthetic versus the matrikines, you can see the regeneration in the, I guess, fibroblasts. You can see them uh, like sort of forming these smooth lines and regenerating and repairing significantly like beyond uh, faster and more effectively than these sort of, you know, the singular synthetic. So it's just taking what we have and in this case, going to nature and thank goodness it's also upcycled. So this is, this is, you know, material that would otherwise be discarded. Um, yeah. And obviously done within the correct uh, R and D setting and then to be able to sort of apply that uh, is just incredible. It's just incredible. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. I love that you said that they don't quite know because honestly, this is how I think. I think about cell biology, like the whole realm of it in that way is that we don't know. Like a lot of what's <laughs> going on is just so it's so next level in the sense that you're you're dealing with like very, very small molecules that are doing right. things. And, you know, it is like an orchestra, like it rightfully that that analogy is so, you know, on point because it, and, you know, I've had this conversation with many people where it's like you have to understand the, the human body is not one thing. You know, it's not one mechanism or one pathway. You're dealing with so many pathways that are fixing the same problem. And that's why, like, you know, when we look at products or what we're putting on our face and what we're using for actually you know, whatever, anti-aging, whatever you want to call it, you have to look at it from this like multifaceted point of view where you're realizing that it's not going to be one thing that fixes all my problems. You know, it's going to have to be a very sophisticated formulation, you know? And so I think, you know, what you're doing here, it's it's, anything cell biology related is absolutely has to be very, very complex in the, in the way that you're thinking about it, because a lot of moving pieces have to come together. And so it's very fascinating. (laughs) Definitely. But, um, I want to ask you though, Alec, you know, I know right now there's the wonderful cream and then there's a serum to go with it. Um, you know, have you thought about what's next for the brand, you know, any new brand, any new products that you might be coming out with or uh, anything that you can share? Yes. So it's interesting, like as a marketer, I'm usually like, okay, what's the, what's the next white space that can be filled with this, you know, brand and product line and, you know, sort of going from that point. But since this is, since this whole regimen is so important to me, um, I've had this sort of regimen for many, many years. So I don't know if you noticed, but on the packaging, you'll see O2 or O3. Yeah. Um, 
And people are often like, why two and why three? Like, what happened to one? Um, <laughs> I'm like, it's a secret. No, it's um, so basically, I just like many lines eventually get to, I sort of have an overarching plan. And one being purification, um, two, moist, uh, two um, hydration, three, nourishment, four, treatment, uh, five, protection, six, circulation, and seven is going to be illusion. And mm-hmm. So, um, you know, which are more the complexion, right? And right. so within it, I thought, well, I only had the half a million dollars from this small business administration. <laughs> and yeah. and I had to keep my full-time job, you know. And so I thought, well, what can I afford to launch with? And I thought, well, the most important are the first hydrator or first moisturizer, the sort of fortified moisturizer, and then the nourishment, which is number three. And why though? It's because, um, so this is the, this is how I feel. I've always at home done this sort of base emulsion, but you know what emulsion is water and oil, right? Et cetera. And there's processing involved, right? Like yeah. in the mixer, et cetera. And part of me, and I, I feel like I'm bad mouthing my own baby, but part of me just, I don't know. I, it, it, you know, the, the temperature, the pH changes and the temperature changes that you have to do when making an emulsion, et cetera. I'm like, you know what I've always had in an airless bottle. And I know there's some debate about airless versus not, but we can talk about that later, but mm-hmm. I, I still believe in the airless versus dropper, but I'll, I won't go into that here, but the oils in an airless covered um, uh, bottle, the, all of the, uh, organic oils, uh, extra or, or oils and, uh, and actives in there. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to basically squirt one, a couple of squirts in my emulsion as I'm applying just before applying. So oh. it's just having it, having it there applied from airless, unadulterated in my cream. And then someone else said to me, Oh, that's kind of like modular because if I'm in Phoenix, I'll use a few more pumps. If I'm in Miami, I'll use less pumps of the oil serum. And, yeah. uh, you know, in the summer, humid versus winter cold, I'll use less or more. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I guess it is modular. Like, I've never thought about that over 30 years of doing it. I just naturally do add a little bit more or a little bit less, right? I don't need so many of them at different levels of um, hydration and, and activity and and moisturization. So though that's why the two launched at the, at the same time first, because that was kind of the base, but then one will be the cleansers. And then, but next I, I, I'm thinking the vitamin C serum, um, and sort of a unique take yeah. on the vitamin C serum. And then, um, and then a rich, a rich moisturizer. And I'm really thinking of the, uh, water and oil. I've been working on a water and oil emulsion, right? Cause of the different texture and a lot of people responding to that now, as long as it's done right. Yeah. And I what love I've, that. Yeah. Yes. And what I realized is, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, the, the ingredients that work, the actives that work, work for everyone. It, you don't have to be on trend for something yeah. to work. Right. Yeah. But I know that there are different People have different likes in terms of texture and finish, right? Some people like the rich. Some people like um, less uh, less viscous. Some people like a sort of a matte finish or a natural finish or that glow, right? So everyone has a different sort of uh, aesthetic. So instead of 
moisturizers with different things in them and the, the latest uh, trendy ingredient. Instead, mine are going to be differentiated by texture and finish. Oh, interesting. I like that. Right. So this way you can have all the amazing things in, in there, um, but then it, have it, you know, be the texture and finish that you, it, you particularly like subjectively. Um, and then a retinoid uh, will come after that. And I'm working on a sort of a special retinoid. Um, also, it's going to be very expensive. <laughs> I mean, you know, but uh, let's just say Adapalene has always been my favorite. Yes. Um, and, I already know um, where you're going with this. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I've used it since I was a teenager for acne. Um, and I've continued to use it into my adulthood. And I'm, you know, I'm uh, 55 next month and I continue to use it, but not for not for acne anymore, but um, for the actual, um, you know, anti-aging of the skin or yeah. pro-aging or whatever you want to call it. Um, and what was interesting is I was... Um, all of a sudden, like, so what used to happen is, oh, my dermatologist used to used to, um, to give me the prescription, right? And I would get it because, you know, adult acne, right? Right. All of a sudden, they started charging me for it, and they wouldn't cut the in, a insurance company wouldn't cover it anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, when I was like 40-something. And then I, I was at some a dinner, and there was a person from Galderma there. Yeah. And I told her, I said, you know, all of a sudden they're charging me. And she's like, yeah, because we know a lot of you are using it off label for anti-aging. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I've been caught. Um, yeah. So 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 let's just say I have affinity for that and them. And, um, and I'm, I'm excited to explore some new ideas um, in terms of retinoid because I, I, of course, love ret uh, retinoids. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, just, you know, different things coming down the line about a five-year plan on That's exactly awesome. what you need. Yes. That is so cool. I'm excited to see everything that comes out. No, I, I really love the brand, Alec. I think you've done such a beautiful job. And for everyone listening, if you're in, you know, in the market right now and looking for a new brand that is really actually, you know, it, it's backed by science, it's going to actually help your skin. I know we're approaching or we're in the colder months now. And I don't know about you guys, but especially around December, January, my skin freaks out every year, like literally. And I, I like, I think it's because of what we talked about, you know, when you're walking yes. around in a windy city and you're, or whatever you're doing and you're in that cold, hot, cold, hot, you know, transition yeah. all the time, it's always hard on your skin. So this is, I think this is a great solution for that. You know, if you're looking for something that's really nourishing and is actually healing your skin, definitely go for the science. You know, my, uh, for me, it's always, that is my indicator, you know, for any OTC products I, I look for is, is there science here? You know, does it make sense? Is there some sort of a claim that, you know, is actually backed by real stuff going on, you know, on a molecular level. So I think that we as consumers, we need to start voting with our dollars for science more than anything and, you know, really show up for brands that are doing that. So I'm a huge fan. And Alec, I, I really, really support everything that you're creating. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm, I love the brand so far. So I can't wait to try the new products that are coming out. I bet they're going to be equally amazing. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. No, and uh, for everyone listening, I will tag everything in the concept art for this episode. So definitely check it out. Chime in with any comments or questions you have, and we'll definitely pass them along. But thank you so much, Alec. It has been such an honor to host you and to learn all about your wonderful brand. Thank you. Thank you as well. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye.